You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, fan people. It's your host, Aaron Roverman, reminding you that this episode of Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com is sponsored by Harry Tarantula. And the thing I love about comics are the crossovers. You know, those intercompany crossovers, DC versus Marvel, Batman versus Spider-Man, Spawn versus Daredevil. I mean, really, the sky's the limit. But I miss them. They don't happen so much anymore. But on the retail side, Harry Tarantula has a crossover on its own. You can go there for your comics fix and your cryptocurrency because they now sell Bitcoin. So you can get Batman and Bitcoin. It's pretty great, especially when people like uh, City Councilor Norm Kelly are talking about maybe paying your taxes in Toronto, your parking tickets, those sorts of things with Bitcoin. Now, if you don't know what Bitcoin is, it's a decentralized currency. Leon can tell you all about it. As he says, the least interesting thing about Bitcoin is the price. So go over there, get your comics, get your cryptocurrency, get your Batman, get your Bitcoin, and tell Leon that Aaron sent you. You're listening to Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one-on-one with Toronto's comic book luminaries. Here's your host, Aaron Broverman. Godspeed, old chum. Hey, fanboys and fangirls. Welcome to another episode of Speech Bubble. I am your host, Aaron Broverman. We're on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com, where you can find this and other great podcasts. We're sponsored by Harry Tarantula. Find us on social media at Speech Bubble Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Also, if you go to rippedapparel.com and you like to get geeky t-shirts, you can get 10% off if you put in the code NEVERSLEEPS, all caps, no spaces. With us today, we have a pair of women working on a book called Manfred the Man. Manfred the Man is about a world where men are raised like cats and cats own them. So just like in the real world where you have cats walking across keyboards and disturbing your writing, in this case, it's a man, a man named Manfred. Our two guests are writer Caitlin Major and artist Kelly Basto. Caitlin is known for her great web comics like Homesick, Peach Plum Pear, You're a Witch Millie, and The Spirit and the Spider. She also works as an animation compositor at Skyship Entertainment. Kelly Basto has done variant covers for comments like Lumberjanes from Image Comics, Adventure Time, Capture Creatures. She also self-published her own graphic novel called Wax and Wayne. And in 2007, she was nominated for an Ignatz Award for Promising New Talent. The Ignatz Awards are awards for independent comics. 
Welcome, ladies. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I loved this book. I'm a cat person. <laughs> I have a cat named Louie, and we just fostered a cat not too long ago. Nice. He got adopted rather quickly. I hear that that's tough, but uh, we were very lucky. I think it was mostly because we changed the cat's name at the last minute, and I think the people <laughs> that came to us really were attracted to the name we called him elvis and they were like oh he is an elvis he had sort of this like lip curl because he had like dental surgery just like elvis and he had like long hair sort of like 70s elvis so i think they were really into the name and that's kind of why they adopted him so i really responded to this book because of all the habits that i saw in uh, manfred the man and his cat owner steve Katzen. So I'm really excited to learn how uh, the idea for this book got started. Sure. Um, I mean, I had cats back in Australia. Um, I couldn't bring them with me when I moved to Canada. But obviously, like a lot of the like antics that you see in the book are inspired by my real life cats. Actually, on a side note, one of my cats, uh, Roger, he also got adopted before we left Australia because of his name. I named him after Roger Moore, and the guy who uh, adopted him was like a huge James Bond fan. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how if you just change a name, it totally changes people's <laughs> perception. Yeah, he he's like a tuxedo cat. So he had like the little like, he was like black with like the little white markings yeah, on his our, chest. Yeah, our cat Louie, the one that we <laughs> actually own, is a tuxedo cat as well. So cute. It's yeah, totally <laughs> awesome. So yeah, I, I totally get the whole like cat thing. But how did you come up with this crazy idea of like a world full of cats that own men? It was just like a random passing thought that I had while I was like on my way home from work one day. And um, at the time I like lived in a share house with like a bunch of other Australians, like my partner and actually Kelly's partner, Luke, lived there as well. And so when I got home, I just like mentioned this idea and then we kind of like just expanded on it while we were sitting out on the porch drinking. (laughs) And then eventually I like wrote some comics about it. Nice. That's awesome. I should mention that, like, all the men uh, who are the stand-ins for cats in this book uh, are naked. There's a lot of, like, male nudity in here. And for some reason, the cats, even though they are basically like humans, they only really wear clothes sometimes when they're going to work. They're also naked. Yeah, totally optional. (laughs) (laughs) So, I was wondering, like, were you sort of, like... Did you notice that when you were drawing it? Or, like, what are the rules for this cat man owning world? (laughs) There really are. I mean, like, there are only rules now because people keep asking me about them. But, like, when I, well, like, when I was designing the characters, I just thought it would. Like, if they, if the clothing kind of served a purpose, like for comedic effect or whatever, then they would wear clothes. But otherwise, like, they really need to because they're cats. They have fur. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and there's a gag later in the book where it says, like, um, pants half off, like, on one of the shop windows, but it's like, nobody wears pants. Nobody ever wears pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. And you see, you see all these sort of men wrestling around, and you're like, oh, my God, like, all these, like, naked men, but they're pets, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, one of the things <laughs> I really love, too, is that instead of meow 
because they're men, they have limited vocabulary like cats, but they say hey instead of meow, which I yeah. thought was hilarious. That actually like was a thing that kind of came later. When we first were imagining Manfred, he didn't just say hey, like he would he would say other things. And I think one of the early webcomics, he like says something else in one of one of the panels, but like it kind of hey just became kind of like a shorthand for like whatever noise he makes. Cause like if, for example, there were ever like, you know, like an animated Manfred or like a live action Manfred movie, or, you know, <laughs> then like he would probably make other noises like grunts or like purring <laughs> the way that a man would. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, why just men? Is it because you, you two are women? So like the fact that they're men is sort of a thing or did you think of maybe like owning women or like what what kind of things did you want in terms of thinking of Manfred? So like initially uh, it was only men because dicks are funny. Yeah. <laughs> Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, cu- I couldn't really explain it further than that, but um, I was talking to my friend Lex, shout out to Lex, about it. And she kind of unpacked it for me in a way that made way more sense, like, which I had never really thought about. But she said basically that, like, um, female nudity is so sexualized that it's not funny unless it's, like, in a sexual context. Right, right, right. Whereas male nudity is kind of just a blank slate. So it can be funny and it can be ridiculous. And so I basically made a hard and fast rule that I wasn't going to, like, put any women in there. Mainly because, like, I didn't want <laughs> to have to deal with the consequences of what that would mean. Like, you know, like having like naked women running around with, and then like I would have to answer questions about like, do they have sex and et cetera, et cetera. Are they, are they like, yeah, are they neutered? Are they spayed? Like, I was like, I don't want to answer any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super, super problematic if you really get down and yeah. thinking yeah. about it, right? And I get asked on the Tumblr all the time, and I'm always just like, oh, not again. I don't want to answer this question again. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you'll have to make a Manfred compendium that covers all the, <laughs> the lore. Yeah, yeah, totally. You should totally do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But I'm glad you can answer it here once and for all. Hopefully people will listen to this and they'll never bug you on Tumblr again. Yeah, yeah. So stepping back a bit, Caitlin, let's, uh, you're from Australia. You came here. What what brought you here originally? Um, so I was making comics with my partner, Matt, um, in Australia, and we managed to shoehorn ourselves into a trip to um, SPX down in Maryland one year on like a, an Australian like grant, arts grant kind right. of thing. That's the small press expo for people who don't know. Yeah. And um, it kind of just like blew our minds and like opened up this like world of indie comics, which doesn't really exist in Australia. Basically, after that trip, we were like, man, we got to get back (laughs) to North America somehow. It's easy for uh, Australians to get working visas for Canada because we're a Commonwealth country. Um, So we just applied. And also there's like an age restriction, which Matt was like very quickly approaching. So we kind of had to, it was like a now or never thing. So we applied for the visas and came over. We had planned to go to like that year we went to San Diego Comic-Con and TCAF and Small Press Expo again just to kind of, like, make it worth our while to, like, come all the way over here. But, yeah, it was basically four comics. Nice. Were you already an animation compositor over there, or was that no. a job you got later? No, I, um, where where we lived in Australia, like, there's not really much of a, a industry of animation. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't really 
possible to have that kind of job. That was only possible when I came to Canada. <laughs> so for working visas, it was basically like, we are comic creators. We want to like try and make comics in Canada kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you didn't really have to, like, have work lined up before you came. Oh, that's good. So we didn't have jobs when we got here. We just had to, like, look for jobs once we got here. Cool, cool. Yeah. So when you came here and went to, like, TCAF and, like, all these different places that you had lined up, I mean, how was it? Like, what's the comic scene in Australia versus the comic scene in Canada and North America like? From what I can tell, like, from my friends who, like, make comics back in Australia, it's kind of, like, growing a lot, but there's just not as big of an audience in Australia for comics as there is in North America. So, um, I mean, like, there are comic conventions, but they kind of skew more towards, like, pop culture and movies and and people aren't really aware of indie comics and, like, people don't seek them out and they don't, like... Are, aren't super interested in them so it's hard it's harder to find an audience but when we came to north america it was like there are just so many people who want to read comics and buy comics that yeah we were able to like build our audience a bit more well and along with spx tcaf is like one of the biggest small press independent comic conventions oh, yeah. in the world right Have, did you hear about it in australia too yeah yeah there was some there were some people that we knew who had who had done uh tcaf like the year before we came here um, they had organized like a big group of Australians to come over. I think it was called like the Caravan of Comics. Yeah. So we were aware of it. Nice. Yeah. So how did you, how did you meet Kelly? Like you guys were living together? Yeah. <laughs> so um, when we first came to Toronto, uh, we, we started hosting a drink and draw so that we could like meet other local people. And um, we met this guy, uh, Keith. Uh, I think we met him at TCAF through like, the guy who was like tabling next to us he was like friends with him so anyway we we got introduced and we were doing these drink and draws and then kelly moved to toronto didn't you you were living in newfoundland before. yeah i moved to toronto like uh 2014 ish yeah and uh you knew keith yeah i don't i don't know how you knew keith <laughs> I just, everybody knows Keith. Yeah, <laughs> he's just around. So anyway, he brought Kelly along to this drink and draw and um, Kelly does like the funniest Australian accent that I've ever heard. So I was immediately like, I have to be friends with this person. <laughs> can, can you do it? Uh, I might, I'm here to draw your bloody comics. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly had like lived in Brisbane, which is where I'm from, um, like a few years beforehand. So like we had this instant connection. It was, yeah, it was weird. It was just serendipity. Yeah. And then, um, pretty soon after that, Kelly started dating like, uh, my housemate Luke, who also came over from Australia with us because she has a like big boner for Australians. <laughs> yeah. I just can't get enough Australian. Dong, I guess. <laughs> I, I think it's the accent, to be honest. They don't. Now, my boyfriend, my Australian boyfriend Luke, did an American accent once, and I just like recoiled, <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> So, so I think why I'm with him is like 30% accent. <laughs> you just got to hope that he like holds on to it and doesn't yeah. lose it. And, and when you talk, I feel like I hear like a natural Australian accent, even though you're not actually Australian. Well, I'm a newfie, so I have a bit of an Irish brogue. Okay. Do you feel like you have like Luke's accent has kind of rubbed off on you a bit though? Uh, no, but his turn of phrase. Right. So I'll say ages or heaps. Heaps. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. That was the very first thing that I got called out on when I moved really? to Canada. <laughs> 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 that's awesome so uh 
Caitlin, when you're back in Australia, were you already into comics? Like, when did you, did you collect comics? How did you get into, like, drawing and, and your interest in comics? Um, so, uh, I was working with Matt on a comic, uh, our comic Space Pirates. I'd always kind of been interested in comics, not in, like, the way that, you know, like, I, I didn't read, like, superhero comics or anything, but, like, I'd read a lot of manga. But I'd never, like, I'd never really drawn a comic before. And then uh, we had made, like, an animated film together. And then we were kind of just, like, looking for another thing to work on that wasn't as, like, labor-intensive as animation. And so we were like, let's make a comic together. <laughs> and uh, so that's pretty much where it started. Cool. Yeah, I was writing it and Matt was drawing it. And Kelly, were you doing comics in Newfoundland? Uh, I was doing comics, but not, like, a long-form comic. It was more like... Um, just little one-pagers and uh, just kind of short comics, but I hadn't done any long, long narrative stories or anything. Right. What is the comic scene like uh, in the Maritimes? Uh, non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a lie. Uh, there, there's a small convention on... Actually, I shouldn't call it small. I shouldn't, like, downgrade it, but uh, it's called Sci-Fi on the Rock. But it's more um, Star Trek and uh, anime and stuff like that. Oh, cool! That's awesome. So, like, you're you're quite the artist. Like, you you you've done like variant covers for like Lumberjanes and Adventure Time and like mainstream comics that like people would know. How did you get into uh, drawing and art, and how did you get to that level? Oh, uh, well, I've always been drawing uh, since I was a kid. I've always been interested in comics, uh, more like indie comics and manga and stuff when I was a teenager, and just all something that I wanted to do. Did you go to school for it? Uh, I went to OCAD for a year and dropped out slash failed. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm, uh, it was, I'm glad that I did. So for anybody listening, don't bother going to art school. It's a waste of money. <laughs> it's no, okay. that's a lie. It's okay to be an art school dropout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me now. <laughs> I mean, there's whole comics about being art school dropouts, like art school confidential and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a pretty good pedigree. And I think a lot of, uh, mainstream artists, especially people who live in Toronto, have actually dropped out of OCAD mm. before. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like a, like a in, rite of passage. Yeah, you're in, you're in good company for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. So, how did you like start getting work in in the industry? Uh, just some um, people started reaching out to me, uh, asking for covers and stuff. Uh, I have a little bit of a main or a social media following and. Uh, yeah, I guess they just like my work. And you were you were self-publishing your own comic, too? I made a little zine, which was Wax and Wayne, right. which was a cute little story. And then Caitlin and me kickstarted it, and she made it way more professional and colored it, and <laughs> the rest is history. Nice, nice. So it sounds like, you know, one doesn't excel without the other kind of thing. Like, you're the writer, and you have, like, that kind of stuff, and then she's, like, the artist kind of thing. So how did your, like, partnership develop? The story, I guess, behind Manfred was that I had developed it into like a pitch for like a cartoon show. Okay. And I pitched it to this company and um, they they really liked it, but they gave me this contract that was like just trash. Like The, the contract was like that they would like own everything and that they would pay me like a small fee to like do a large amount of work. And I took it to a lawyer and she was like, don't sign this. This is garbage. You took it to a lawyer? I, I love that like, you were like a proactive creative. Yeah. How many creatives actually take their stuff to lawyers? Yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, no, don't sign this. <laughs> and so I was like, gotcha. 
But then I was like kind of worried that like they would just kind of like steal my idea anyway. And at the time I was like working on another comic with a different friend. So I didn't really have time to like draw Manfred myself. I had I'd, like written like maybe like eight or nine comics and I was like, I, I got to get this on the internet real quick before like somebody <laughs> else like steals it. And so I like I basically like, hired Kelly to draw them. And it was so successful that like we we kind of was just like let's just keep doing it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it was it was like a it was a bit of an exchange where like I was like I'll color wax and wane and I'll and I'll help you publish it mm. and then in return like you can help me with Manfred it's like super serendipitous that like you're both in a comics and you happen to be living sort of in the same place. Yeah. I mean, like... She was downstairs and I was upstairs. Yeah, but I mean, like, people with the same interests tend to gravitate toward each other. That's so. true, that's yeah. true. It wasn't really that that much of a coincidence. And you did meet at, like, a drink and draw. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, what is your impression of working with Caitlin? Like, you were doing a lot of stuff. What attracted you to Manfred and what you wanted to do? Um. Well, it was super cute. Yeah, we're just, uh, I, she's just a friend and I wanted to help her out and uh, get the story online as quick as we could. Uh, and it kind of blew up and it was like, I'm sure the, the man-cat thing has been done before, but she had a really unique take on it. And yeah, I just thought this is going to be, I, I, I truly think that Manfred is going to be a household name one day. <laughs> are you are you a cat person as well? No, actually, I don't have. I'm uh, very allergic to cats. I'm I'm more of a dog person. Uh, even I am also allergic to dogs, but I can tolerate like <laughs> little woolly terrier dogs. I do like watching YouTube videos about cats. Here's a secret: my father is allergic to cats. I think that I might be allergic to cats, but when I talked to my doctor about it, I said I'm not really getting rid of my cat, and it's something that I can like, tolerate, <laughs> so I think I'm going to be slightly allergic to cats for the rest of my life, because I like cats. Yeah, Maybe I, you can like build up an immunity or something. Maybe, yeah. I've heard that that's a thing. I, I want to get another cat like now that we're permanent residents in Canada, um, but Matt is really allergic to cats, and I don't want to like make him sick just because I want to get a cat. So I've been like keeping an eye out on like rescue sites for like hypoallergenic breeds, but they don't really come up super often. Here's another thing. And this is like a demonstration of like love and devotion. Like I've never seen, uh, my girlfriend's cousin, uh, really loves cats. Like she had a family cat that like recently passed away and stuff. And she wants to get a cat, but her partner is like super, super allergic to cats, but she loves cats. So for her, he decided to like get a shot like every month oh, to wow. like build up immunity That's crazy. for cats. So mm. he is trying to like essentially exercise his allergy to cats <laughs> out of himself <laughs> so that they can have a cat. Yeah, I think, well, like, I, devotion. Yeah, yeah, I think that Matt wants a cat even more than I do. <laughs> he also loves cats, but I'm like, no, like, like it's going to make you sick. <laughs> like, you probably shouldn't. I'm like the voice of reason in this argument. <laughs> but you can, you can, like, I don't know, like, drug yourself enough to get, get, out, of the, get out of the cat allergy if you, if you really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip, people. Yeah, I'll have to go see a doctor. Yeah. Along with, you know, find a lawyer to go after your contracts, you can also try to, like, build up immunity. <laughs> yeah, I'll always go to a lawyer whenever I get a contract. I'm not crazy. Even when, like, we were, uh, like, I, I was talking to my editor from Quark about the Manfred book, and he was like, oh, you know, like, 
people don't usually um, negotiate the contracts, like, but I immediately was like, lawyer up. <laughs> yeah, artists need to stop giving out their work for free, stop signing everything that comes in front of them or any job that gets passed their way without uh, getting their fair dues. Maybe yeah. maybe they're Sick just too creative and insecure. Like, they're afraid that, like, well, something's going to go away. I do worry that, like, companies kind of prey on, like, younger, like, artsy students right. uh, who don't really know their rights. I'm just saying this because I was a dumbass before I got my lawyer and somebody would be like, can you design, like, a holiday card for my entire company? I'd be like, yeah, can you send me, like, $20 over PayPal? <laughs> and, <so laughs> and I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. And then they use it forever. And yeah, like yeah. Thing, and you got paid the one time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, just, just, just prof- professional up, yeah. Nice, nice. Mm. So, I guess Manfred started on Tumblr, right? Or it started on the web somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, on Tumblr. Okay, so... At first, uh, when I was reading it, it was a little bit like the first couple pages was more like one strip gag sort of thing. Mm. And then it developed into like this bigger story of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know how much you want to give away, but it's it's sort of like Steve Katzen uh, loses Manfred and has to find it. And that's basically like the story, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> how did it go from like being an online thing to like being this graphic novel? It was it was hard. Like when we were first like discussing the the like length of it, I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna do this. Like I'm yeah, I'm used to just writing like one page at a time and it's just like a dumb gag. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna like smush this into like two hundred pages. But it was like a really fun challenge to like weigh the like seriousness of the story with like the gags and like trying to keep it funny while like pushing the story forward. So I hope that they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. Uh, did the, I guess the, the deal with Quirk, did it, you know, to do the graphic novel, did it come off of the website or were you planning on doing a graphic novel first and shopping it around to publishers? Um, I approached Quirk just, I basically just sent them a link to the Tumblr and I was like, hey, I got this comic. Do you want to like make a graphic novel? <laughs> and, and like, uh, to be fair, like um, our friend Emma was the one that actually suggested Quirk as like an option. We, we'd had another friend who had had a book published through them and uh, seemed to have a pretty good, like, it turned out well. Like, there weren't any, like, problems with them. And so, Emma suggested, like, oh, you know, like, this could be, Manfred could be, like, a really fun thing that people, that's just, like, like, a gift that people give, you know, like, you could see it in, like, Mm. in chapters or whatever. And, like, it was, like, a fun gag book. (laughs) And uh, and so, I was, like, yeah, all right, I'll give it a shot. And so, I, like, sent this email. Like, I, I really didn't prepare anything. I just, like, sent them a link to the Tumblr. I was, like, what do you think? And then, like, yeah, they got back to me really quickly. And they were, like, we, we love it. It's great. <laughs> and, like, actually, like, a- after I sent the pitch email off, I was, like, maybe I should do some research into how to pitch a book. <laughs> and so, I, like, read all of these, like, blog posts. And I was, like, oh, my God. I, like, totally screwed up. I, like, should have, like, put together this, like, big document that, like, had all this like stuff in it and like I, it was literally just like one paragraph email that I sent. <laughs> That's awesome. I know it's so daunting when you actually do like the research into it like you have to 
you have to do like a table of contents and like a sample chapter. Like there's a lot of stuff yeah. that usually goes into <laughs> pitching a book apparently. No, they, they knew they struck gold. Yeah, yeah. It was very casual. And like this is actually Quirk's first like graphic novel that they've published. Wow. So Manfred is like their flagship graphic novel. And um, I think it's like a good fit because it's just like kind of silly. It's like light reading. It's not like really heavy or serious. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of comedic. It's a little bit adult. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not too adult. Yeah. Like if, if you were a kid, I think some of the more adult things would sort of fly over your head and you'd still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about like the characters, like Manfred and uh, Steve Katzen. Uh, Steve Katzen, he he kind of comes off as a little bit irresponsible and and a little bit obsessed with his cat. Where, <laughs> where did where did this sort of thing come from? Is this drawn from your own life or Kelly's own life? Like what what is the the deal with uh, Steve Katzen? I mean, like I am an extremely responsible person. <laughs> I like always pay my taxes. And I go to work every day. Steve always just kind of struck me as like a guy that needs to get his life together. And so that kind of became like the crux of the book was that like he needed to like learn this lesson about being an adult and like having responsibility for like another living thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually like that at all. I'm very responsible. You're you're like you're <laughs> like his you're like his neighbor, his neighbor who fully takes him to task. Yeah, yeah that's more like me. And, and doesn't really stop taking him to task, even though he feels really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, wow, like she's really harsh. <laughs> yeah, that would be me dad. in this situation. Yeah, she's already like kicking him while he's down. But but she does help him. I should I should mention that. She does help him. Yeah. Uh, reluctantly at first and then and then they're kind of into it. Um so, Kelly, tell me a little bit about, uh, like, sort of the, the development of your career. You, you you won an Ignaz, which is hard to pronounce. I didn't win it. I was nominated. You were nominated. Okay. Yeah. So, what is that like? Did you have to, like, sit at an award show thing? Or, like, what is that? Well, I couldn't go. I couldn't make it to SPX that year, which okay. was a huge bummer. But I sent Caitlin and told her to, like, uh, accept the award for me <laughs> if, <laughs> if, uh, if I won. But somebody else won who was much more deserving. Hey, Caitlin, when, when you were there, did they like did they like film you? Did they? No, like, no. Yeah, it's a, like, like it, a, it's a pretty casual like uh, awards thing. <laughs> yeah, you would just add SPX and they just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we're, like we uh, Matt and I have been going to SPX for like maybe uh, four or five years. Um, so we, we always go to the Ignats. It's it's usually pretty fun. I, I was pretty pumped though. And yeah. my previous birthday, I blew out my candles and I wished that I won an Ignatz Award. Wow. And it, <laughs> you got close. Yeah, so got I was, really it was close. The universe was just giving me a little nudge. That's awesome. <laughs> they said, ha, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> awesome. So while you were working on Manfred, uh, had you already done some of the other stuff for like Lumberjanes and Adventure Time? Or was all of this sort of happening at the same time? No, uh, the Adventure Time stuff and the Lumberjanes stuff has been like over the past like four or five years like i've had various um projects like that uh manfred is the biggest like recent project that i've done cool um, that's awesome so you were you were nominated for um year-long summer yeah yeah which yeah. was that, like that a- was an autobiographical graphic novel yeah, Year Long Summer was pretty, like, well-received. I think Year Long Summer is when, how I first heard about you. Oh, really? Tell the people a little bit about Year Long Summer. It is a autobiographical graphic novel that I created about my first time traveling by myself and my first torrid love affair. 
Wow. That's amazing. Mm. Sort of like uh, blankets, kind of in that vein. Yes, I love blankets. So I, this is a like a shittier blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome. Comforter. Duna. <laughs> <laughs> it's Duna. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's what Australians call a comforter. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So. Now that Manfred is coming out and uh, it's, you know, I think people are going to really like it because it's hilarious. And it's also super poignant and emotional, especially if you're really into your pets <laughs> or or you're really into your pets and you're learning how to be more into humans. Uh, <laughs> um, what are your hopes for the book? What do you hope happens? I hope that people buy it <laughs> and read it and not be too mean about it. Uh Manfred, the motion picture. Wow. Yeah, starring um, uh, Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Danny DeVito as Manfred would be really cool. Yeah, he would be a great Manfred. Well, I was thinking of an animated movie, but that'd be cute too. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Live live action only. (laughs) (laughs) Who would play the cats? (laughs) That would be CG. (laughs) Oh. That'd be just awesome. like Shrek style, like puss in boots. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They would be like really be- cartoony. <laughs> so all the men would be live action, but all the cats would be CG. Yeah, this is my vision. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Be really cool. Um, one of the things that people should know too is like you've really adapted like cat behavior to male behavior, if, <laughs> if that's a thing. Like I noticed. Especially, like, towards, like, the middle or end of the book. I'm not going to spoil anything. But, like, you know, cats have cat toys and men have man toys. <laughs> and the man toys are, like, gyms. Like, they, they like, work out. And there's, like, a comb. So, and they, they really like combing their beards and stuff. Yeah, they're grooming. Yeah. They're grooming, how, yeah. how did you come up with, like, how you would adapt cat behavior into man behavior? It's actually, like, kind of random because, like, they not all of the toys that they have are strictly man toys. Right. Like, he, like Manfred has a lot of toys that just look like cat toys, too. Yeah, it's got, like, a little car. That yeah. But, like, I, I thought that, like, like, the stray men in the book, like, they would have to have, like, manly interests. So, I was just thinking, like, what do men like? <laughs> I was just generalizing about men. I was like, men like lifting things and men like fighting. fighting. <laughs> Men like, I don't know, like stroking their beards. I'm obviously not a man, so I have no idea. Eventually became like very like Greco-Roman. I was yeah. like, wow. Like I feel like I'm watching like that Spartacus TV series. They went back to basic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. How did the men in your lives react to uh, Manfred? Well, Luke does a pretty good Manfred impression. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luke is my boyfriend uh, and... Uh, He's talked about like putting on like a nude bodysuit and just like co- almost like cosplaying as Manfred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he actually like when we were first like um talking about Manfred back in the in the share house, he would like act out the scenes, which yeah, yeah. are always really funny. I wish that we'd taken some videos of it. <laughs> I wish he was here. Yeah, I, I would get him to do it like around the studio. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're, we're 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 having a launch party um for the book in May, and Luke had talked about. <laughs> Cosplaying as Manfred. <laughs> do, you, do you know the date? Uh, the 10th. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, May 10th, you guys can 
go and pick up your copy of uh, Manfred the Man. Yeah, uh, do you know having, where it's going to be? It's uh, it's uh, down at um in Liberty Village at the Liberty Arts Gallery, which is run by the studio that I work at. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so your your place of employment is like super behind this. Oh yeah, they've been like super supportive of it. That's of awesome. Book. Cool. The fact that it's sort of out there on Tumblr and stuff, what kind of, like, response do you get? Like, I've never had anyone say anything negative about Manfred. Like, I know that the internet can sometimes be, like, a a hellhole of, Mm -hmm. like, negativity. But, like, no one has ever, like told me to like kill myself because they don't like Manfred or anything like that like every everybody who's like messaged me about it has been like I love your comic it's really funny why did why are the men naked you know like that kind of thing (laughs) so it's been like generally very positive and like when I've taken Manfred to like conventions like people who pick it up and read it they just like it even like kids who pick it up and read it like I've never had anyone complain about the nudity in it which I was surprised about actually like I thought the parents were going to be like don't look at this it's got a naked man in it but like yeah people are generally pretty cool because it's not like sexualized yeah it's, just it's kind of like he's a bit cherubic yeah <laughs> he's and just to be cute. honest like, you barely notice like you know that they're naked but it's not like in your face or anything yeah <laughs> like, like it's fine yeah and like everybody in the book is naked so there's like a level of equality <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> i'm eager to see some fan art actually i don't know how that's like i don't i don't know if there'll be like a hyper realistic uh <laughs> that's crazy um it did mention uh in the copy of the book that i read that there will be a sequel or that there will be like continuing adventures that's right Man yeah. the Man. tell us a little bit of what your plans are so we're, we're working on the second book now as we speak i'm like writing the the story for the second book um i'm hoping to make it like a little bit more kind of just like wacky i'm, I'm going for a like you know like 80s <laughs> Like animal, like you know those movies that you used to watch when you were a kid, where like it was like the, the star was like a cat or something like, like that. Homeward Bound. Uh, m- like more like wacky. Like what? What was that movie? It was called like Get That Cat or I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, you know the it one rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Just yeah. like those stupid animal movies that you would watch when you were like a, a kid, or like Beethoven. Yeah, like or, Beethoven. Or like yeah. Turner and Hoop. Or Bingo. Yeah. Nobody remembers Bingo. Oh, I don't anyway, know. so I'm going for that kind of vibe. Share if you it. remember bingo. <laughs> yeah, if you remember bingo, uh, let me know. You can you can write into me and uh, find my email on online, and, and we'll figure it out if we if we know this bingo thing. <laughs> Hashtag or, bring back bingo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Or post it on our Facebook at Speech Bubble Pod, and we'll uh, we'll mention bingo in a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> I need a follow up episode about bingo. <laughs> yeah. I think on the like DVD. I don't. I don't know if it would be a DVD because it's so old, but it says, like, the canine Macaulay Culkin. Really? <laughs> That's what it says on the video. Must have came up at, like, 1989 or, like, 1991 or yeah. something. At the height of Macaulay Culkin's popularity. <laughs> yeah, I think it was early 90s. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know if they, I like, I don't know if they still make these, like, dumb animal movies for kids anymore. I don't know if it was, like, purely, like, a 90s thing, mm. but... Yeah. I remember a lot of, like, direct-to-video talking animal movies, like mm. Air Bud... Like, oh god, Airbud. You know, maybe <laughs> Poor like Air Bud. a forgotten sequel to Babe was probably one of those. Babe 2 Pig in the City is like the greatest movie ever. Yeah, made. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So highly recommended. So this is kind of the style that you're going for. 
Uh, in the book, Manfred makes friends, or at least there's other men. That yes, he's there will in. be more men. There will be more cats. Yeah. M- more men. More men, more cats, more wackiness. 100% more men, 20%. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, definitely 100% more men. <laughs> We're going full man. And there's a new main character man who's going to steal your hearts. Oh, he's so cute. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, you're going to love him. Mm. Nice, nice. And I did notice that, like, uh, Steve's relationship with his neighbor, uh, I wasn't sure if they, like, would eventually go out or if they were just friends, because he does seem to, like, man-sit her man pretty often. So I was wondering if, like, if, like that kind of dynamic would kind of continue. Yeah, when we were first, like, discussing the plot for the first book, um, my editor, Rick, was kind of pushing for this, like, romantic comedy angle, but it was really important for me that Steve didn't get, a like, a girlfriend as a prize for, like, learning how to be a decent human being. Right. I was like, I kind of want to, like, just keep that out of it for now. Like, let him, like, grow up and learn how to be a human before he, like tries to have a human relationship. Right, and you don't want to... like, be a cat, I should you, say. You don't, you don't want to keep harping on, like, narratives that so many other things have done. Yeah, yeah. Know? Also, Chelsea's just, like, way too savvy to, like, put up with that shit. <laughs> she knows what she wants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's way too smart. And, and, like, he hasn't exactly grown up, like, fully yeah like like let's be honest like he just he's just looking for a cat at the, you know <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. it's not a huge situation yeah although there is like a there is like a romantic storyline in the second book so yeah not right. a cat sorry a man i yeah. keep i keep confusing <laughs> my, my my pronouns there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this is awesome i i loved i love the book i loved like having you guys in uh are you gonna work on any other products together besides the sequel to manfred or are you just like the team behind manfred and we'll see how it goes or yeah i don't know like i'm i haven't really like thought any further (laughs) than like just trying to get the second book of manfred done i really want to like just have a break afterwards because i've been like working myself to death yeah, we need a break. We need a spa day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if if I have any future projects that I need colored, I'll definitely choose Caitlin because she's absolutely tremendous. Do you think that this will become like the grumpy cat of graphic novels? I hope so. Yeah. Jeez, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right, guys, it's been fun. Is there anything else uh, you want to add? Where can people find you if they want to follow uh, your work on the sequel or any of the other work that you do? Um, you can follow Manfred on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and everything. It's all just Manfred the Man. Ma- Manfred the Man on Twitter, Manfred the Man on Instagram, etc. I'm on Twitter at Caitlin D. Major. Cool. And I'm under everything as Moose Kleenex. Nice. That's awesome. Is that like a company of yours or? That's just my online handle. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I love it. Moose Kleenex. So uh, blow your nose and uh, follow these people. (laughs) 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 And uh, we'll see you next time on Speech Bubble. This has been Speech Bubble. Oh, I didn't get to do my Caitlin rap. <laughs> oh no! Oh, do your Caitlin rap. We haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't gone away yet. Okay. This is like bonus can, material. Can you lay a sick beat behind this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs>
I'm not ready yet. I gotta oh, okay. explain. No, no, it. just uh, do it in post. Okay. Yeah, do it in post. Okay, so one day I was overcome with the rep muse. It took hold of me and I started spitting mad fire about Caitlin. <laughs> And I was like messaging her at work saying like, Caitlin, I'm making up all these raps about you. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and she was like dying laughing. Okay, so, okay. Caitlin Major is a major player in the comics game where that name means danger. Uh, the line she draws and the shit she scripts can squish anything dish by the competition. And she's planning her plan of attack. Take the stacks of fat paperbacks about the man who's like a cat. If you're waiting for the date when you can dominate Caitlyn, boy, you'll be waiting till hell's escape in reek. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that like that just like came to me out of nowhere. The rap gods like just took hold of me. Jeez, if, if this art thing like doesn't work out, you could totally have a future as like a rap battler. Yeah. Definitely. Like I want to see you like you know on the battle for the dot or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the T dot rap battle thing is. It's pretty awesome. Also, my rep MC name is going to be Lil Spitter with an A. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so, uh, check me out, Lil Spitter uh, 2019. Check out my mixtape. <laughs> That's awesome. You can release it on SoundCloud or something. <laughs> That's awesome, you guys. Well, if you're into rap and uh, you're into graphic novels, these are the ladies that you got you to gotta pay attention to. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, this is awesome. I, we've never had bonus material, so so this is great. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, and, bonus uh, rap, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Anyway, uh, thank you to everybody uh, for listening, and uh, find us on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Uh, visit our sponsor Harry Tarantula, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time on Speech Bubble. See you in the future, friends. Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com is executive produced by Alex Ross. Audio editing by Joseph Yanni. Social media assistance by Jamie Warner and The Social Smiths. Announcements by Craig Mayhem and Sean Ward. Logo design and graphical assistance by Brittany Tice. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 